kids, this is going to be an interactive morning. Can we say interactive? So if you don't have kids sitting on your row, that's okay. You can uh, access the childlikeness in your own self. And uh, when we're doing some interaction, you can share with the person or people on your row. But I have a question for you as we get started. And the first one, the, my first question of all of them for today is, today I'm going to be talking about a superpower you guys all can have in your real lives. So I want you to take a second and think, what do you think that would be? This is real. This is something that you can actually have happen that will make you like a superhero, Captain Marvel style or whoever is your favorite at the moment. So think about it for a second. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, this is what I think it is. What is that superpower? What is that superpower? All right, so shout it out. Let me hear a couple people. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Sleep? It's not sleep, okay? Praise God. It's a good superpower. All right. Uh, anybody else? Who else? Yeah, Tyler. Prayer? Okay. It's not prayer, but that would be a good one. Who else? Guess is Callie. Uh, power, of power of healing. That's a superpower, but not the one we're talking about today. How about one more guess? Anybody? Flying. It's not flying, Grant. Amen. Yeah, it's not flying. All right. It does start with an F. Anybody else? Giving you a hint. Allie. Faith. We're talking about faith. That's right. Good guess. So today we're talking about this superpower that you've been given called faith. And this is such, um, such a confusing thing, okay? And so today our goal is to break down faith in a way that you can understand it and you can use it so that you can be effective in the kingdom of God. Everybody sound excited about that? I know you are. All right, so I've got a, a helper, a mini-me helper today. Callie, come on up. She's going to read some of our scripture for us today. So here we go. You need a microphone. Hold on. All right, so we're diving into our first scripture. Read what it is. It's going to be up on the screen, and then you can read it. Okay. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of, of these is love. Awesome. Should we back up in a minute? That's right. So we have these three things Paul tells us in the Bible that are so important to hold on to, and they are? That's right. So I'm going to write them up here on the board so that you guys can all see, okay? So let's make love. What color should we make love? Red. Red. All right. Thank you. So we've got love down here, okay? Which one's the greatest of these three? Love. And then we have this other one called hope. And hope is uh, the number two. And what's number three? Faith. You guys are loving this. <laughs> All right, I want to show you. Now, you may have never seen a diagram like this before, but I want to show you that faith, hope, and love actually work together. Today we're going to be diving into what this really looks like. So I want you to picture love being like the baseline, okay? It's the bedrock. So has anybody ever heard the scripture that God is peace? No, he is the prince of peace. But no, what is God? God is love. God is love. So when we're talking about faith and hope and love and how they intermix, I want you to look at it like this today, that God is love. He's the baseline. And then out of that understanding, we get hope. And then hope turns into faith. 
So today we're going to talk about the difference between hope and faith primarily because I think this is one of the places that we get um, really sort of, we get confused. Can we just acknowledge that? So I'm going to write up here, hope. Well, actually, I'm not going to do that. Grant, will you erase this and then we're going to start over. Thank you. Because I need more space than that because I can't write small. Um, So we're going to talk about hope, faith, and we're going to talk about wishes. Everybody say wishes. So turn to your parents and tell them when in your life you make a wish. Okay? When in your life. There's a really obvious one. Yeah, turn and... Okay, birthday. That's one place we make a wish. What other times in our life do we make a wish? Be honest. We got one. Anybody else know what he's doing? Okay, a shooting star. Okay, when you're throwing a coin in a fountain, people make wishes. How about when you pull an eyelash off your face? Does anybody make a wish when you do that? I'm just telling you the things that are out there. How about when you see 1111 or 1234? Anybody ever know, have you ever heard make a wish when you see that? How about, what's another one you make a wish for? Ladybugs before you blow a dandelion. Uh, oh, the wishbone at Thanksgiving, right? So we have this understanding of wishes, Anybody not know what a wish feels like? You know what a wish feels like, right? You have this moment where you're like, make a wish. I don't know about you, but every birthday of my children, I always think to myself, why am I telling you to make a wish? But then here I am saying, close your eyes, make a wish, as if it's going to come true. Sorry, kids, don't want to burst your bubble, but I'm going to burst your bubble because wishes don't typically come true, do they? So let's talk about what a wish is. What? I know, it's too bad, man. Let's talk about what a wish is. A wish is usually something that comes out of nowhere, right? It's like you weren't thinking about it before, but in that moment, you're like, I need a wish. It's 11-11. I need a wish. What's it going to be? And you just come up with something, right? A wish is something out of nowhere. A wish is typically something that you dream up, and it's usually something that's not possible. How many of you have ever wished for a mystical animal to come into your backyard? Anybody? How many of you ever wished, I want to ride an alligator? Anybody ever done that? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, what is the craziest thing you've ever wished for? Be honest, when you've thrown a coin, when you've gotten an eyelash. Turn to him and tell him. All right. It's exciting. I did write no possible. Thank you, Callie. No possible. So wishes. This is typically what a wish is. They're not typically possible. Now, sometimes our wish is possible, right? Sometimes we can say, when you win the Super Bowl, what are you wishing for? I want to go to Disneyland, and that's possible, right? But typically, when we're talking about a wish, it comes out of nowhere, we dream it up, and it's really far-fetched. And then when we talk about hope, here's what I want you guys to understand. When the Bible talks about hope... It is not wishful thinking. When the Bible talks about faith, it is not just a positive good feeling like we would call a wish. In our culture, in today's world, in our schools and all that kind of stuff, we don't understand the difference of these. We use these three words interchangeably, right? And so because we use the words interchangeably, we often think they have the same meaning. So you guys ready to dive into what is hope? I know you are. All right. So if wishes are not possible... Hope says, make sure I write this down correctly, hope says this is possible, okay? Everybody say, this is possible. possible. So if you're going to have hope, it's because you actually know what you're hoping for is possible. 
right? You're not hoping, if you're talking about biblical hope, you're not hoping for a unicorn to come in your backyard and whisper sweet nothings in your ear at your birthday party, right? That's not what you're hoping for. That would be a wish. A hope is something that can happen. So if hope says this is possible, hope also says God can. Everybody say God can. Now, God can is not the same thing as God is going to, but God can, right? So is this helping you guys understand hope? The last thing about hope we want to talk about are the odds are good, okay? So if you're looking at, you know, is it going to rain today? Odds are good it's going to rain. Or is there going to be sunshine? Yeah, it's very possible. I'm not going to be surprised when this happens because it's very possible. So if hope says this is possible, faith says this is happening, This is the difference between the two. Faith looks and says, this is certain, not this is just a possibility. Okay, so let's write down this is happening. I know this takes a second. And if I misspelled anything, you guys better let me know. If hope says God can, faith says God will. God will do this. This is a huge difference. When we're talking about what God wants to do in the world or in your life, Sometimes we can just have wishful thinking, but when you're accessing faith, you're accessing what God is going to do. The last one is, if hope says the odds are good, faith says, I already bought the ticket, okay? I already bought the ticket. What does this mean? This means when God is telling you something, it's hard to talk about something different than you're actually writing. When God is telling you to do something, it's no longer like, yeah, this is a possibility. It's like, this is so sure in my mind that this is happening right now. I want to look at Hebrews 11.1. Come on back up, Callie. Everybody give Callie a round of applause. Such a good reader. All right, so read this one right here. Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the the conviction of things not seen. All right, thank you so much. So everybody say assurance. Assurance, not insurance, assurance, right? Faith is the assurance. It is certainty. Here's, we're going to talk a lot about this, but here's where we get confused is when we start talking about what God can do, but we call that faith. That's not faith, right? That's hope. When we're talking about faith, we're talking about, yeah, God can do it, but he also assured me he will do it. Okay, heating up a little bit. All right, let's look at um, another difference of hope and faith. Anybody know how to light a fire? Any Boy Scouts in the room? Raise your hand. Hi. Okay, we've got two. So this is great. In the event of an emergency, we need some Wikipedia papers already printed out. Okay, we got three. Thank you. All right, so have you ever seen somebody make a fire with their hands and a stick? Anybody know what this looks like? You take a stick, you get some little fibers, right? And then what do you do? Show me what you do. Yes. And what are you putting in the middle of your hands? Your stick. And if you do this for long enough, you start to get cramps in your arms because it's not a normal muscle that you use in your everyday life, at least for me. But this is how I want you guys to understand the difference between hope and faith. If we're lighting a fire, hope is the knowledge that going like this creates fire. I have all these things that can make fire. I have a stick. I have fiber. I have oxygen. I have friction. Faith is when the fire ignites. Do you see the difference? Hope is the action of going like this. Faith is when it actually becomes something. Okay, hopefully this is starting to make more sense to you. 
Let's look at our third scripture. I'm just going to read this one uh, to you guys. And everybody that's a kid, raise your hand high and proud. This one is about you. Jesus was actually talking about you. So Luke 18, 17, we're putting it up on the screen. This is Jesus. Now he's doing all this ministry. It's really amazing. And some kids are like, oh, Jesus, you're so awesome. And they want to get close to them. Have you kids ever seen like a grumpy adult? I mean, not your parents, obviously, but another adult that was kind of grumpy that was like, you can't be in here. Anybody ever experienced something like that? Okay, we have some, some rooms in, in my home I grew up in that don't have kid-friendly things in there. They have breakable things in there. And so sometimes, you know, the parents, when they're having holidays, might say, you can't be in there, right? A little grumpy. That's what's happening in this story. The kids are coming to Jesus, and the disciples are being a little grumpy, and they're like, kids, you're encroaching on our space. We want Jesus to be doing his thing. You're in the way, right? And Jesus says this. Here we go. Luke 18, 17. Jesus says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you. In other words, I promise you. Everybody say promise. promise. All right. <laughs> All right. You know when your mom or dad look you in the eye and they're like, I promise you. And they mean it, right? That's what Jesus is saying. He wasn't angry. He was just making it clear. I promise you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God with faith and humility like a child will not enter it at all. Now, what do kids teach us about faith? All the adults in the room, you know exactly where I'm going with this. In our school on Friday, it was pajama day. Now, I'm sure at the beginning of the month when they sent the calendar home, it said pajama day on March 29th, but there was no other communication about it. So one of my kids has this amazing reindeer onesie. It's from Christmas. It's so cool. It's like a full body suit with a red nose, red nose reindeer thing. And this kid is like, I am taking this to school tomorrow. This is my outfit for tomorrow. Now, I'm hoping that it's truly pajama day, right? I haven't received any emails. I haven't received any texts. And I'm watching this kid completely certain that it's pajama day, so certain they are dressed and ready the night before in the reindeer onesie to go to school. This is what I think is one of the best ways to show the difference between hope and faith. This is what faith is. It is the absolute certainty that I know it's pajama day, even if my mom or dad is like, I'm not so sure. This is why kids are so important for us to have in our lives, to be looking at, to be talking to, because when they get sure about something, that thing is happening one way or another, right? All you parents know, there's a way you can twist your parents' arm enough to get that thing that you want. It may take a really long time, but it's possible. When, when kids demonstrate just blind faith, it's such a powerful thing. We are really blessed in this body to, for all these kids to know tomorrow morning there's going to be breakfast for them. There's going to be food tomorrow. It might not be breakfast if you're not a breakfast eater, but you just know there's going to be food. There's a confidence there. There's no wondering, am I going to get to eat? You just know. That's one of the ways that kids show us what faith is. It's an understanding that's not, it's not just about this is in the realm of possibility. It's about this is in the realm of certainty. All right, let's talk a little bit about what faith is and what it's not. So faith is real. All you kids, I want you to grab the air. Grab it. Is it working? No. But is air real? Yeah. Take a deep breath. All right. That breathing is keeping you alive right now. You're breathing in something that's real that's keeping you alive. This is what faith is. It's real. You just can't see it. But you can see the effects of it. It's just like the wind, right? We can't actually see the wind, but we can see what the wind does when a tree blows, when you're 
place that knocks over like ours did the other night. You can see that wind was moving. You just can't actually see the wind. This is how it is with faith. It's real even though it's invisible. Faith is powerful. Faith is rooted. Faith is actual substance. Faith is knowing. And faith is courage or confidence. I think if we're talking about coming up with a good definition about faith, a better definition would be courage or guts. It's, it's confidence. It's not just I know this to be true like it's possible, but I know this to be certain. That's the difference between faith and other things. Faith is rooted. So go back to our analogy that I drew up here before, love, hope, and faith. Love is like the bottom part of a tree. So kids, turn to your parents and tell them what happens in a tree under the ground. Anybody know? What's existing under the ground in a tree? Roots, right? Roots. Now, what are the roots doing? They're holding the tree up. Have any of you guys ever tried to pull a tree out of the ground? Anybody? Raise your hand. Anybody? Is it easy? Well, unless it's super dead, right? No, in my trees are really easy to pull out of the ground. No, but trees are hard to pull out of the ground. You go up and you see even a small tree. You're like, I got this. And you start pulling on it and it won't pull out of the ground. Why? Because of the, the roots. This is what it means to be rooted in love. When you know who God is, it's like the thing under the surface that nobody can sees that gives your hope and faith a right direction, okay? Faith is all of those things, but faith is not guessing. It's not a crapshoot. It's not a gamble. We're not just like wondering. True faith, what the Bible talks about faith is assurance. It's certainty. Faith is more than just trust. I love the English translations that change faith to trust, and that's true, but faith is more than just trust as well. Faith is not invincible. Your faith can break. Did you know that? It's possible to break it. That doesn't mean your salvation gets broken, but your faith, the muscle of your faith, the use of your faith can break. Faith can backfire on you. I've experienced that a time or two. And faith is not just a feeling of positivity. Let's look at Matthew 14, verses 30 and 31. And this is the story of Peter walking on water. You guys all probably know this story, but I want to highlight something specific about this story. This is when Peter, he has already stepped out of the boat. Now, guys, if you have never looked at this story, Peter actually walked on water. Has anybody ever gone off a diving board in a pool? Did you go on top of the water or under the water? Under the water, right? Very few, maybe ever, since Peter, anybody has actually walked on the water. But Peter truly did because Jesus was standing out there and Peter said, I want to go. And the Lord said, hey, given you a word, come on out. And then something happened in verse 30. And this is when Peter says, but when he saw the effects of the wind. So there was a storm going. Peter's looking at Jesus. He is doing a crazy miracle, walking on the water. And then he sees the effects of the wind and he gets frightened. He began to cry out, Lord, save me. You ever wonder, was he sinking quickly or was he just like slowly sinking? It would be so much more worse if he was slowly sinking and he's freaking out, you know? But he probably was going under and immediately the Lord grabs him. It says, immediately Jesus extended his hand and caught him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Here's what I want you guys to see. We can misplace our faith. In that moment, what Peter did was he looked at the storm and he believed the storm was more powerful than Jesus. That's why he sank. All right, Eli, come on up. I brought with me one more demonstration. This is a beautiful um, Sharpfire Nerf gun. This belongs to my son. All right, you ready? Yeah. I want you to shoot that bullet in this direction, okay? 
That was awesome. <laughs> That's so great. Can you go pick it up and reload it? Did you notice that the bullet went the direction that he shot it? What if I told you that this was the direction of the storm? Ooh. Whoops. All right, shoot it that way. Great. Thank you. You can pick it up. You can sit down. Everybody give him a hand, hand clap. Awesome. You can take it with you. All right. So the direction you point your faith is where it's going to go. Faith is like a bullet coming out of a gun. If we direct it to the right place, it will accomplish things for us. But Peter demonstrates in this story that we can direct it other places. Okay, I'm just going to leave that there, not go too deep in that today. All right. Let me tell you, okay, so what do you do if your faith is broken? What do you do if it's misfired on you? What, if, what do you do if it's gone the wrong direction? This is so important because your faith can be fixed. Everybody know that? If your faith is broken, if it's not working for you, it can be fixed. But let's talk about how. If your faith, if we're going back to love, hope, and faith, I want you to see it as a cycle. If your faith is not working for you, then take a step back. Set your faith over here. Take a step back and focus on hope. Because faith comes out of hope. If hope is telling us this is possible, that's the beginning, that's like the birthplace of what you're going to apply your faith to. Right? It's all rooted in love. So if we're talking about love tells us who God is, hope begins to show what we can do about that. Faith actually accomplishes it. So if your faith is not accomplishing something for you, take a step back to the hope category. Put your faith on the side. It's okay. You don't need to use it today. It's not a big deal as long as you're working on yourself, right? And so you go to the hope and you start stirring it up. You start drawing out hope. Well, how do you do that? And especially if your hope is broken, then you go back to love, which is God. Psalm 42 tells us David starts saying, why are you downcast, O my soul? His faith is broken. It's not working for him, right? So he's telling his soul, put your hope in God. Practice this. Do this. This is important. I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like we should stop saying things like, just have faith. Just have faith. It's all going to work out. It's like, well, if you really had faith, you probably wouldn't need to know that because it's assurance, right? Now, we can say, just have hope. Just have hope. It's possible. And we can say that all day long. But when we just say, just have faith, we actually kind of diminish what faith really is, right? It's not just wishful thinking. It's not just this is possible. I sure hope it might happen for me someday. That's hope. And we need that. And we need to foster that. In fact, when Proverbs tells us that hope deferred makes the heart sick, what it's saying is if you hope for something and it never turns into faith, bitterness begins to set in. When you're hoping for something and you're just going and you're going and you're going and your arms start cramping and eventually you're like, I don't need a fire anyway. Let's just be vegans. We don't need to cook anything here, right? God bless you if you are vegan. I love you. More milk for me. So um, just kidding, obviously. But when we do that, when we start saying um, just keep the faith, then we diminish what faith actually is. And when we diminish what faith actually is, then we start forgetting that faith actually makes things possible. Guys, Peter walked on the water because of faith. Miracles happened because of faith. Finances emerged because of faith. I love, if you're familiar with Heidi Baker's ministry, Iris Ministries in Mozambique, I mean, it is like commonplace for them to have uh, feeding the 5,000 miracles happen all the time because of faith. But it's not just because it's possible. It's assurance that God 
is doing this. Not just I'm curious, but that he is. So here's what I want you to take away from this, especially you adults in the room. I want you to be able to think to yourself and say, how much of what I talk about and do is actually hope that I'm calling faith? Okay? I'm guilty of this too. It was really convicting to me to look through my life and go, man, some of the times in my life that I had broken faith moments was actually because I had a lot of hope, but I didn't actually have biblical faith. I didn't have that word from the Lord, that confidence that God is going to do this. Not just that he can, but that he is going. This is where it gets hard, especially in like our charismatic circles, when we're like, God can do this, and he's no respecter of persons, and so he will do this for me. And we pull several different scriptures to make a story that sounds really encouraging for us. But that's not helpful, okay? All right, one last scripture I've got for you guys. This is Luke 17, 19 through 20. And kids, in just a minute, I'm going to have you guys come up here with me. Uh, Luke 17, 19 through 20. And so, uh, okay, so a little context for this story. The disciples just came up against the power of the devil, okay? In the story we read just before, Peter came up against the power of nature, the power of wind. And now the disciples are coming against the power of the devil. And it was scary and it was hard for them. And they discovered they were not more powerful than the devil. And it was really frustrating to them. So if you've ever had a moment, kids, where you're like confused and frustrated and you need to talk to mom or dad privately, it's like, I need to be super vulnerable and I need to just not care about what anybody else thinks. And so I need to have a private moment. So that's what was happening with the disciples. They were like, wow, this was hard. I don't understand what just happened. I need to talk to you privately, Jesus. And so this is where it says in Matthew 17, 19 and 20. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? In other words, why were we not more powerful than the devil? And he said to them, Jesus said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved, and nothing will be impossible for you. The Amplified actually says it will be moved if that's what God wants. It would be like this. If you've ever been to Israel, mustard seed bushes, they're actually bushes, kind of interesting. They're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. So what most people that live in the area will tell you is that probably where they were standing was surrounded by some mustard bushes, mustard seed bushes. And so when they're asking him, why couldn't we do this? Jesus grabs what's right there with him. It would be like me saying, if you, you know, we have crayons all over the room because it's Kids Sunday, right? So it'd be like me, if, if Jesus was here, he would say, if you have faith the size of a crayon, it's just using what's right in front of you, okay? And then he would say, you could say to this wall, move, if that's what God wanted to, and it would move. Now, I brought some mustard seeds with me because I want you guys to see how big we're talking about. How big do you think your faith needs to be to walk on water? Just think about it for a second. When you imagine walking on water, how big do you think it needs to be? Okay? How big do you think your faith needs to be if you're going to move a mountain? How big? Kids, show me. How tall? All right. This right here. Can you see this? Nope. Not that one. You can't, you're not even going to be able to see it. This right here, that's the true size that Jesus was talking about. If you have this much faith, you can move a mountain. Why? Because it's not talking about hope. It's not talking about if you have this much hope, you can do anything. It's talking about all you need is the tiniest amount that God said do it, and he will show up and be God, and crazy things are going to happen in your life. So I've got mustard seeds for you guys, so all you kids, you can come on up here. KK's going to help you get a bag so you can grab a mustard seed. Here you go from her and a little bag so you can take this home. 
And if you're interested, parents, on where to find mustard seed, you cannot find them at Sprouts, which is so surprising to me. But you can find them at Crest. You can go right over there. She'll get you one, buddy. This is really challenging, isn't it, guys? All you need is this tiny little bit. But it makes sense when you start talking about faith versus hope. I don't know about you, but I think I need all the faith in the world to see God do something. No. You need all the hope in the world to know what's possible. All you need is like microscopic. I can't even hold it. It's so small. Microscopic faith. Now, I recognize saying this to you guys, people who are passionate about God, means that you've probably had moments when you're like, I'm pretty sure I had that much faith and it really didn't do anything, <laughs> really didn't work how I wanted to do. Take that to the Lord. Hash it out with him. Because he's not lying in this verse, right? He's talking about the truth. He's telling you what's true. And I don't know about you, but I'm so challenged to look at my life and say, okay, God, if this is all that it takes, then how do I get this? What do I need to change in my thinking? What do I need to change in what I know about you? What do, maybe it's that I need to learn how to hear you better so that I know exactly what you're calling me to so that it actually changes. You guys tracking with me? So this is where we're landing this plane today. We're landing early. We're going to let all these kids get their mustard seeds, and then we'll have some more up here if you guys want them. I have plenty. Mustard seeds for everyone. You get a seed. You get a seed. You can take that to your chair. That's fine. Just don't open it. Don't open it. Dad will not be happy. And for those of you that don't like glitter or confetti, maybe don't look up here later. So I want to pray. I want to land today by really just taking a moment to pray and specifically praying over how you, how's your hope and how's your faith. I'm not talking about your faith like in salvation. I'm talking about your faith like the outworking of your faith, the bullet coming out of the gun, right? So would you, Grant's getting some music queued up so we can just have a focused moment. And we're just going to take a moment just to ask the Lord, Lord, how's my faith? And maybe you can ask him, what's one thing I can do this week to really challenge myself to get that mustard seed, to pull some pieces together enough to be able to have this little grain? So I'm going to pray for you, and then I want you to just take a second just to ask the Lord. And you can ask the Lord with your kids, too, if your kids are sitting with you. Um, that works. God speaks to them in ways that you'd be surprised by. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that your faith that faith in you um, is, is complex. I thank you that it's not easy. I thank you, Lord, that, that you hide some things in mystery so that we would seek it out. And in the seeking, we actually get to just discover so much about you. So, Lord, I pray over every person here this morning that their hope would come alive in you, that their hope would grow, that it would be so big, that it would be so vast. And I pray, Lord, that their faith would be refined and pure and focused and directive. Lord, I'm asking for every person in this room that says yes to you today, that faith would be something that stirs up in their heart, that you would show them how to practice and direct their faith to things in their life right now as well. So Lord, we bless every person in this room. God, we just ask you to speak to us in this moment in Jesus' name.